Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. I was a fashion designer and worked in the industry for over 25 years. And when Oliver, my son, came into my life, who has muscular dystrophy, it became very clear that the fashion industry was not stepping out to help people with disabilities be able to wear what everybody else was wearing. So I challenged and disrupted and most definitely stepped out of line of how things are done in the fashion industry and how people look who wear product that designers make and really felt strongly that it was so critically important to step out of line to say, you know what? Buttons don't have to go on every garment. And then the button and buttonhole was invented in the the 12th century. And the fact that we are still using that technology in this day and age is absurd. So this is when I, you know, really went to developing a different way by using magnets instead of typical buttons and buttonholes. But the fashion industry is very much rooted in this is how it is. And this is how people look. And everybody has two arms and two legs and everything's symmetrical, but that is not accurate. And for the largest minority on our planet, people with disabilities, that doesn't hold true. So I am incredibly grateful that I stepped out of line. I'm incredibly grateful that Oliver came into my life to show me uh, and, and teach me about this tremendous population that I really didn't know about. So I think that's really a guiding force in, in how I got to where I am today. It's because I stepped out of line. Do you feel it was an uphill climb? I can imagine you're one voice, one person. I am fortunate enough because of my history of being in the fashion industry. I had wonderful supporters and mentors, but I was still on my own in the fact that, you know, when something has never been done or people had never even heard of adaptive or, or what it was, et cetera. It, it most definitely was an uphill battle in that I was educating and trying to prove that this was a business opportunity at the same time. I would say really everything changed when I partnered with Tommy Healthy and the team over at Tommy because they were really the first major brand global presence that said, thank you for bringing this to us. Like we, we, had no idea of this challenge or that we we had thought we were addressing every customer and we're not. Whereas other brands, um, their response was much more, well, if nobody has ever done this before, there must be a reason. And we're not 
in a position to take a chance on something that has never been done or hasn't been proven. And the Tommy team really looked at it from a very different perspective of this is white space. This is a huge opportunity. And thank you for coming to us. You don't know Perry well, but when she was, I say about one, I remember sitting on my bed and my older daughter, who's about eight years older, must have had 30 pairs of American Girl shoes already. She, you know, mm-hmm. very into American Girl. And it was in yeah. the box. And I saw Perry on the bed trying to stuff her, her little fat feet into the American Girl shoes. And I knew already she had a disability then. And I kind of knew what was in the future for us. Clothing-wise, I was like, you know, I just knew this was going to be hard. But I saw she had such a love of fashion at the age of one or two. Even during COVID, I rest every single day. I did not wear my workout clothes all day. I didn't save my pajamas. I was dressed as if the world was was typical. It really affected me emotionally, work-wise. I found that I was, you know, sluggish if I wasn't ready, you know, feeling good about how I looked, how I was showing up in my meetings, everything. It's absolutely how it makes you feel versus what other people are feeling. I started my second company, which is Gamut Management. So we are a consulting and talent management company exclusively with and for people with disabilities. So we, for example, work with brands to help them develop products and or services for people with disabilities. We utilize talent from the talent management side of our business to literally work with the design teams to say, give feedback, evaluate product, help them understand what changes need to be made to the product to make it usable for people with disabilities. Because the bottom line is, If it works for somebody with a disability, it'll work for anybody. We are actually helping them have more people be able to wear or use the same product. We're bringing more consumers to them and being able to still keep the same style and look of the product, but more people can use it. Right. See, man, it's huge. They came out with, um, they have the best shoes and they're finally, Perry's finally able to wear some of them. The only problem is there's not enough in stock. As soon as it comes out, I wish these companies would understand as soon as these shoes come out, they're gone. Exactly. Believe me, they're learning. I think what is happening is thankfully a shift in the thinking that this isn't a niche population. This is not a small population. It is the largest minority on our planet that they need to plan for. They need to get deeper into their products because most definitely it'll be their most lucrative part of their business. I think our world in general is finally realizing the power of people with disabilities, the voice, the, the important, which is making it all so much easier. It's a much easier conversation for me to have now than it was in 2013-14. The the decade that it's gone, you know, that we've been through has really proven that the world is, is truly embracing. I mean, even visually, we are seeing more models in campaigns with disabilities. We're seeing people with disabilities in our pop culture and movies and television and commercials. And when that happens, 
it's a trickle down effect. So it is really um, much, much bigger of a conversation than it was 10 years ago. What has been like the best feedback that you've heard from somebody who's been in, let's say, your fashion show after it's over? What do you hear often from the models who are um, doing something probably never been able to do? It's probably a tie between messages that I've received, such as I never felt beautiful. I never felt important in this world. I never felt that I would be a part of a community. And when you hear feedback like that, it is, it's, it's beyond words to be able to explain how it makes me feel to be a part of somebody's life in that capacity. If you get to watch the show, it's on our YouTube channel right now on, on Runway Dreams. And one of the models that went down the runway is, barely two feet tall. I mean, she is, and it, and it is not dwarfism. It is a part of her disease that she has. And she lit up that runway. She, you could see it from the inside out, what it meant for her to be a part of something so important. And then, and something that she never in her wildest dreams would imagine she would be a model during New York Fashion Week. I would say that coupled with the stories that I hear of, for example, one of our models had a prosthetic arm and she wore long sleeves her entire life. She was probably in the early 20s until she was a, a model. And we believe in our shows, we that is like the the main focus is the disability. So we dressed her in something sleeveless. We wanted to show her arm and she was so nervous kind of outing it to the world because she never, ever, ever felt comfortable. She really never met anybody else that had a limb difference. So really the behind the scenes is, is probably the greatest part of the show is to see all the interactions, everybody meeting each other and feeling like, connections that are being made and, and true understanding of where they are in life. And when she came off the runway, she was in buckets of tears and that she never felt more comfortable in her own skin than she did in that very moment of, of being on the runway, that she felt like she came out to the world and unapologetically and that this is her and this is a part of who she is. It doesn't define her, but it is a part of who she is. And she didn't want to hide it anymore. And it was so magnificent and so exciting. And, you know, we are still in touch with her. And she never, ever went back to wearing long sleeves again. It's very personal to me as well. This isn't just, you know, an entrepreneurial idea. I... I want Oliver to grow up in a world that views him as an equal, as important as my other two children. And especially with, with the disease that he has, mustard dystrophy, it's, it's degenerative in that he is losing capacity during the, the course of his life. So I want him as, throughout the different stages of what he can do or what he can't do anymore to still have that feeling of value and importance even if he 
can do things he could have done a year ago, so to speak, to be able to hopefully help reshape the way that people with disabilities are viewed in our world is I, the most gratitude I think I've ever had in my life that I, I get to be a part of that. So all three of your children, what do they think about what you do? In many cases or sometimes, it's very difficult to be the sibling of a brother or sister with a disability and then put, uh, you know, full-time work on top of that. There are definitely good days and bad days. And there's definitely days that, you know, one of the other two, so my daughter's 20, she goes to the University of Texas, she's a junior. And then um, Oliver's younger brother is 13. Um, he's in seventh grade. And, you know, there's been many times in, in each of their lives that they feel not as important, that they feel left out. At the same time, feel guilty that they feel this way when they see what Oliver has to go through on a daily basis. And it's it's tough. I mean, uh, overarching, they are so proud and, and so excited because they're important in this. I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without their support, their understanding, you know, my husband taking you know, the load if I am traveling or whatnot. It's it's really a, a very much a, a family effort, but I never want to paint the picture that it's all roses and, and sunshine over here because it's that's not reality. It's really hard some days. It's a balance. It's yeah. about some days we win and some days we don't. Both the creation of Runway Dreams and Gamut and having Oliver as their sibling is absolutely shaping them. I hope in a, in a great way of compassion and, and whatnot. So on the Runway Dream side, my dream is to be able to have our show's everywhere in the world. I, I think that people with disabilities on every continent need the same experience that we're able to give here. And I want our world to, again, kind of rethink the way that people with disabilities are viewed. Um, and I think really making it a global opportunity will help with that. On the gamut side, my dream is, and, and one that I I believe they're both going to happen, but this one is, I think it will happen most certainly in our lifetime, is that adaptive is going to be a category in the fashion industry. I think it will be no different than plus size or petite. Maternity is just a different fit for different shaped bodies. And I think it will also be the ones that hopefully future fashion students will study and realize that it was the most impactful category of their career.